The 400th episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest prices guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. Howdy ho, Jen Reynolds. Welcome to episode 400, hooray, of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, this is going to mean out to all of you people who listen to us. Um, every month, we pretty much, well, not pretty much, every month, our numbers are going up. We're getting more downloads by the month. So we haven't scared you away yet. We'll try harder over the next 400 episodes to, to drive you all away. But thank you for listening and allowing us to continue to do this because this is the only chance I get to talk to someone else other than my family. Because, because I'm a very lonely man. That would be the person who just chuckled. Oh, Jeff Chalks Fox, and I have a co-host here. Daniel Gumby Vreeland, happy 400, honey bun. Yo, you really started 400 off on a high note. Uh, and now I'm going to I'm gonna shit on your, your little I'm going to shit on your celebration a little bit here, too, because I'm going to say uh, I think you still have like 12 more to go to get to 400. <laughs> at least. Yep. Yep. At least. Yeah, this is, this Gumby is, my- is more committed than I am. Yeah, this is my 400, though. Yes. This podcast is more important than his family and than everything. So, or, or or your family's just more reliable and they let you do it. Maybe that's it. They don't they don't get their, uh, what happened? I missed one because the kid had something blow up inside and he had to get it taken out. Right? Oh, What's that thing called? Appendicitis. Yeah. Appendix, yes. Yeah, I, I missed one for that. Yeah. I miss, I miss it for some fun things too, but yes. I, it's true. Gumby had a raid in my parade, but hey. That's because Gumby is a little salty because I've taken over the crown as the best Dana White contender series prognosticator <laughs> this, this side of uh, Yanni. Yanni's right on the level with me. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll put you on the same level <laughs> as Yanni if that's what you want. Oh, sure. thank you. <laughs> the, that, that perhaps was the people were losing uh, their bets because it was a rough week. Not everyone was losing. Uh, some people were winning their bets in the discard, but I think unanimously, 100%. That people were more angry about Yanni hitting his stupid bets. It was a, li- I think people were finding comedy in it at least, which I think <laughs> in times of tragedy, all you can do is, is find the hilarity in the, the tragic situation. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, um, well, you know what they say about a blind squirrel finding a nut once in a while, that type of thing. So hopefully that doesn't continue, but we don't have, um, we don't have the contenders to talk about this episode. That will be Sunday. As per usual, we got the SC 292 to to uh, handle for our 400th episode, and we're going to do that today with the main card and locks, dogs, props, parlays, all that fun stuff at the end of the episode. So that way, we've got you hooked. You have to stick around, listen to the very end. Um, we linked Gum and I total synchronization. We uh, had consensus in all of our all seven of the prelim fights. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you listen to that, including a few underdogs there but as we mentioned on that um episode not the best lines this week two weeks in a row yeah i, I don't um th- there, there are some lines that i find a little bit intriguing and um but th- this for me is going to be a lot of a dogger a past week and probably trying to find some props that make things a little more enticing yeah very very true so let's 
get get to cracking after I tell you about um, our friends who help keep lights on, help us get these 400 episodes into your ear holes. That would be our good friends. They also help you get tickets. They take the hassle out of getting tickets. You don't have to get stressed out. You can get tickets last minute, and you can get the best price. What more do you need for for any event? Uh, that would be our friends at GameTime.co, not com.co. So make sure that's the spot um, to go for concert tickets, playoff games, any kind of event. Make sure you get in there and check because Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals and tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals and tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. We would in the in the end more category because the ufc is on there i checked ufc 292 is on there game time guarantee means you always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for or less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference that means you make money that way what more could you want out of that and like i said they do have ufc i checked on that and they are available up here in canada because uh, i checked and there was blue jay tickets on there when uh last time i went on there because it tells you it shows you the uh events that are closest to you and and then it gives you the best prices so well, that sounds good, and you want to snag tickets without the stress, you can do all that with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our special code SGPN. You get 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. So once again, create an account, redeem the code SGPM. That's the code, and you get 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right. And if you're in the in the Boston area or you're willing to fly there, maybe you can grab snag some tickets this event we're going to talk about right now, you'll see 292 TD Gardens this Saturday night, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, already did the prelim, so we will kick things off with the main card, 10 p.m. Eastern time, the Bantamweight fight. Marlon Chito Vera versus Pedro Munoz. And we will get cracking with Munoz first. He is named the Young Punisher. He's, I believe, 36, maybe even older, maybe 38. He cannot be the Young Punisher anymore. Dan, 36. I mean, if we're talking about sports, he's not the young Punisher. But in life, that's still youngish. He could be the youngish Punisher. Can I tell you he's going to be 37 in three weeks? Does that change things? No, he's still the youngish Punisher. He's older than you. Does that change things? No, I'm still young, too. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm still young, damn it. All right. Let me tell you about him first. That would be Munoz, not Gambia. Munoz is 20 and 7, 20 7 with two no contests. He's, he's knocked out five people, submitted eight, never been finished in a fight. That is very impressive. 29 fights, never been finished. It's not like he's in safe fights either, this man. And he's a young punisher after all. He's 10 and 7 with two no contests in the UFC, one and two with one no contest over his last four. He did win his last fight, is a, or was a regional champion. 2009 pro MMA debut, more active landing strikes. Uh, however, he's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.6 strikes per minute. He's at plus 170. Chito Vera, Marlon Chito Vera, 20-8-1 in the UFC. Eight knockouts, eight submissions, never been finished in a fight as well. So you may want to bet the decision, whoever you're picking here. Uh, he's, Chito is 14-7 and seven in the UFC. 4-1 and one over his last five. He did lose his last fight. He used to fight at Featherweight, 1-0 in the Ultimate Fighter. 2011 was the pro MMA debut. You two inches taller than Munoz, five inches reach on him, six years younger, better grappling stats, and he has been outstruck by almost a striking minute at the UFC. Minus 0 0.93 strikes per minute is the strike differential, minus 190. Uh, I usually kick off the main card, so I will. I, I tried really hard to pick Munoz because, like, 
I don't have many dogs, uh, especially in the main card, but I just couldn't do it. I know um, Vera does not pull the trigger as often as we'd like. That may hurt him in a three-round fight. But he's just way bigger and way younger and has looked uh, a lot better than Munoz has as of late. Um, and when you dive into into their stats, uh, um, he's got more power. Um, he, they land basically the same amount of strikes per minute, so it's not like his inactivity isn't really isn't really uh, um, put him much behind Munoz when it comes to strikes landed per minute and stuff like that. And I just think overall, at this point of the career, he's a better fighter. I'm not probably not a fan of the minus 190 line because I was, like I said, I was trying to get on the side of Munoz, but I just couldn't do it. So give me Cheeto. I did go for the side of Munoz. Um, I, I think here's the thing I will say about this. You're right. He is younger and he is bigger. Do you know who else is younger and bigger than him too? Chris Gutierrez. Uh, also a ranked Bantamweight who went into the fight much larger, much stronger, all those things than Pedro Munoz. And Pedro Munoz danced around him and made him look silly. I also think people are forgetting Pedro Munoz beat Sean O'Malley in round one of that fight before taking an eye poke and not being able to continue. He was ahead on the judges' scorecards against Sean O'Malley, who's fighting for a title this weekend. Like, that's worth noting here. He's looked really good in the last couple of years here. And the other thing I will say that I think is a weapon in this fight is, as you mentioned, sometimes Marlon Vera doesn't pull the trigger and has kind of gotten the, the, um, you know, the bad rap of being a guy who doesn't pull the trigger. I think that's mostly just early in fights. And the problem with that being early in fights is that I think Pedro Munoz will come up here and he's going to rip his legs. Um, because one of the things you'll see about Pedro Munoz, good leg kicks. He's used them a lot in the past. He's done huge damage with them. And if you watch that Corey Sanhagen fight versus Marlon Vera, that's really where where Corey Sanhagen banked a lot of like goodwill for the late rounds is that like he just did so much damage to Marlon Vera's legs and he didn't check him. He was kind of trying to find his range and plod forward. And instead, he just ate a whole bunch of leg kicks. I want to say he ate something like. 25 or something in the first couple of rounds, first three rounds, maybe. And that alone from Pedro Munoz might be enough in, in, you know, if he does that in rounds one and two, and as long as he wins one of those, he might just be the crisper, cleaner, faster guy come round three. Um, You know, to your point, I I do think Marlon Vera's probably got the more knockout power, but like he ain't knocking Marlon or uh, Pedro Munoz out, right? Like nobody has, like you're not going to, I'm not going to pick a guy based on power up against a guy who hasn't been knocked out. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the dog money here on, on Pedro Munoz. All right. And if you listen to the top trade on my podcast, you would have known that in advance, which is why I was trying to, trying to get on your side, but I just can't do it. Gumby, which is, which is good. Well, we gave you both sides of the, of the coin here for that fight. We're going to stick with Bantamweight. Damon Blackshear. Did we not just talk about this man uh, last week? Yes, we did. He's back. Damon Blackshear is stepping in here very, very short notice against Mario Bautista at Bantamweight. Like I said, Cody Garbrandt uh, backed out of the fight. Shame. Um, let's tell you about Blackshear first. The monster. He's 14-5-1. Two knockouts, nine submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Uh, like I said, very short notice because he just fought. Uh, he's 2-1-1 one, one in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. It's both via finish. He's 6-1-1 over his last eight, so he's on a nice little roll here. 1-0 in Bellator. Multiple championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportspodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at featherweight. Inch height, three inches reach. One year younger than Batista. He's one of these guys with a plus-minus strike differential of 
zero. And he's at plus 190. Batista, 12 and two, three knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he has been finished in both his losses. Six and two in the UFC. He's won four straight fights and six of seven. Three straight wins have come via submission. He's not lost a fight since March of 2021. Used to fight at featherweight, striking, active striking, and grappling all in his favor over Blackshear. And he's outstruck his opponents by 1.6 strikes per minute in the UFC. Minus 205. Go ahead. I'm going to go with DeMond Blackshear. I think he's going to do the unspeakable here. Um, And and the reason is, it's pretty simple. I, I think... I think his wrestling is is really good. Um, I think maybe even I was underrating his wrestling when we broke him down against Jose Johnson. But look, he's not just good at wrestling. He's good at positioning and all that. And he's good at holding people down. And and we've now seen that. We've now seen all of that is top notch. And like we probably should have seen it anyway. He held down Fareed Basharat for almost three minutes. Like that is a very hard thing to do uh, against Fareed Basharat in so, like, maybe we should have already known, but we definitely know now. And the thing about Mario Batista, and I know we think of him as this, like, well-rounded guy. He's, you know, he's a prototypical MMA lab guy with nice striking, good knockout power. He's a wizard on the mat. But, like, he low-key isn't all that good of a wrestler, uh, especially when it comes to defensive wrestling. Maybe offensive wrestling he is. But, like, if you watch his fight with Guido Canetti, who's, like, I think 58 years old, uh, you know, like, Guido Canetti hits an inside trip in that fight and takes him down. I'm not going to say easily, but fairly easily. He obviously can't hold him down because he's Guido Canetti and he's a boxer. And he's like I said, he's 58 years old. But like the fact that the 58 year old boxer who's like shorter and stockier than Mario Batista took him down tells us something. And like his fight last year with Jay Perrin, you know, Jay Perrin no longer with the UFC now back at Cage Titans. Jay Perrin hit him with a very nice high angle double leg, you know, picked him up, slammed him down again. Jay Perrin, not particularly good top control time, but good enough that he scored a couple of minutes of control time. And he actually hit another takedown a little bit later on a little bit more of like a body lock style one. So like we've seen a bunch of people who like, you know, maybe aren't known for their wrestling skills, take down Batista and just not be able to hold him down. And if you look at his record, I don't know that you're going to find somebody on his record that you're going to be like, damn, there is a guy who takes people down and holds them down, right? Like Benito Lopez, Brian Kelleher, Jinsu Sun. Like, I mean, he lost to Corey Sanhagen in his debut by armbar, but like outside of Corey Sanhagen, nobody's really taken him down that could hold him down. I think we're going to see a flaw in Mario Batista's game exposed here. It's his takedown defense. Uh, and I like Blackshear to grind this one out. All right. You know I don't. I'm taking Batista. I do like Blackshear, though. I just don't like him in this fight, especially on such short notice. Having to cut weight once again um, after just having cut weight. I know he didn't take much um, damage in the actual fight, but cutting weight is not an easy thing to do. Plus, Batista's a good fighter and on a really good roll, and he's fought really decent people um, and beaten them. So, Batista is the pick. And if you want to know the stats, as people know, late replacement. Fighters are only winning 38% of the time. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but um, the odds are against Mr. Blackshear. So we'll see if he can pull did off you, did the you, inevitable. Did you say he has beaten really decent? <laughs> like <laughs> that, you were going to say, you were gonna say really, you were going to say really good. Yeah, and then you were I like, oh it. shit, it's Guido Canetti it. and Benito Lopez. Guido Canetti and Benito Lopez. Brian Callier is decent. Yeah, okay, he hasn't. Miles Johns, we thought was going to be good. Yeah, he hasn't beaten anyone good. I'm still picking him regardless. So, um, so take. 
uh, but yeah, I, I must have realized it as I was saying it. Wait a minute, I'm telling a lie here. I cannot tell a lie to my to my beloved listeners. 400 episodes in. All right, let's go to Walter Waits. Ian Machado Gary is the official name now, not just Ian Gary versus Neil Magny. I will tell you about the Haitian sensation Neil Magny first. 28 and 10, seven knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted six times. 21 and nine in the UFC. He's taking this fight on short notice. He's had what two weeks, less than two weeks, week and a half maybe, somewhere in that range. Um, lost win, lost win over the last four fights for him. So he did win his last fight. He went three and one in the Ultimate Fighter. Used to fight at middleweight. 2010 Pro MMA debut. Half a foot of reach over Machado Gary, six inches. Uh, for those who don't know what a half a foot is, and he has outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.27 strikes per minute, plus 380 on the Haitian sensation. The future Ian Machado Gary. He's young, so he can still have that nickname. Um, he could be a young Punisher too if he wanted to. Uh, he's 12 and 0. Knockouts, one submission, five and zero in the UFC. He's won two straight fights via TKO. Was the Cage Warriors champion. Ten years younger than Magny, almost twice as active, more active than Magny is landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by two point seven six strikes per minute, minus four ninety. Big step up here for Machado Gary in competition. The short notice thing does make a big difference, though. If you ask me, well, the stats prove it out as well. Um, I am taking Machado Gary, but this line is nuts. So uh, minus four ninety, I'm not touching. Um, I think he should be the better fighter, and you can't overestimate the 10 years. Uh, he's 10 years younger than Maggie um, as well. However, this will be his the toughest test he's had. Um, uh, probably his whole career. I was going to say UFC, but obviously uh, that, would, that would make his whole career. So probably the toughest test his whole career thus far. Yeah, and, and for me, the biggest issue here with uh, with, with picking uh, Neil Magny, and I'm, I'm just not going to do it, and you know me, I, I love Faden Ian Gary. Um, you know, it's bit me in the ass pretty much nonstop, but I love fading him. I'm still not going to pick him in this one because, <laughs> uh, look, Neil Magny needs to grapple and needs to get inside, and he's fighting somebody. Granted, his reach is better here, but, uh, you know, he, he's fighting a guy as big as him, which he doesn't do all that often, and we saw against Phil Rowe, you know, it didn't necessarily work all that much, depending on how you scored that fight. Um, you know, I, I know that one was close, and, you know, Different people have different opinions, especially when when uh, judges are as bad as they are in in 2023. Um, you know, I, I think most people probably think that Magny won it. But regardless, he had trouble with Phil Rowe, who's as tall as him and physical like him. And like that causes him problems every time he fights somebody like that. Shavkat gave him problems. Gilbert Burns gave him problems. You know, even Michael Chiesa's physicality gave him problems to an extent. So like. That worries me. The fact that he's not much of a finisher worries me. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that Ian Gary is going to come out here and knock him out in two seconds, but I, I do think, you know, Ian Gary's striking is just going to be too fast for him. It's going to be too sharp and, uh, you know, the short notice thing, not a good idea. Yeah, short notice thing and the age thing. Uh, age five years or or younger, they're winning, what, 64% of the time? So I'm sure 10 years is, is much higher than that. I don't, I don't track that. But yeah, uh, the age plus the, the short notice thing. But if this if there was a short notice, this I, I take it, I guess the line would, would reflect that as well, but this would be a much closer fight to breakdown, right? Right, yeah. I, I think uh, I, I probably would have been tempted to throw him in parlays in like the negative 300, negative 330 range. Um, but yeah, yeah, up at 500. You know, a prospect who hasn't fought anybody better than Daniel Rodriguez, I, I'm not spending you know, negative 500 and blowing up a parlay on something stupid like that to get a little bit extra value. 
Yep, it is true. All right. Something you can get a lot of value on is the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Besides season-long contests, they, we, also have weekly contests just for the Patreons. Plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right, as we zip through here, we are to the co-main event, which is a title fight, as is often the case on pay-per-views, and that is uh, no exception this weekend. we got a women's strawweight championship on the line. Zhang Weili, the champion once again, versus Amanda Lemos for the 115-pound crown. We'll tell you about the challenger first. Lemos, 13-2-1, eight knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. So both of her losses have come via finish. Seven and two in the UFC. She's won two straight fights and seven of eight. Both of her wins have come, uh, her past two wins have come via finish. Used fight up at Bantam Weight. Was a regional champion. Two inches of reach on Zhang. Better grappling stats than Zhang. She, and she has outstruck her UFC opponents by 0.54 strikes per minute. She's at plus 265. The champion, Magnum, is a nickname. 23 and three. 11 knockouts, eight submissions. She's been knocked out once. Seven and two in the UFC. This is her second reign as champion, her first title defense. She's won two straight fights. Before that, she lost two straight. Both of her wins have come via finish. Both of her most recent wins. Walter Rico championships on her. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at 125 pounds flyweight. 2013 pro MA debut. Two and two as a pro kickboxer. Two years younger than Lamos. More active landing strikes. And she's got a positive strike differential of one point seven three strikes per minute minus 300 on the champ yeah i'm gonna if go you, I think, yeah yes. I'm, I'm gonna go with weili zhang i i think uh you know amanda lamos does a lot of things that make me worry about this fight you know she's clearly got the power she's not afraid to let go but the problem is she she pushes forward a lot in her fights you know she kind of like bull rushes forward and she gets in your face and she winds up in clinches and you know while that might work sometimes you know, it showed not to work against Jessica Andrade, right? Jessica Andrade winds up arm triangle choking her while standing up uh, because they wind up in a clinch. And Jessica Andrade is more talented and at the bottom line, stronger than Amanda Lemos. And really, if you go back in her fights and you look at any time she fought somebody who you could say, you know, that that woman is as strong as Amanda Lemos. She struggled. You know, she fought Jessica Andrade. She got in a clinch like three minutes in the, the fight and she got bodied and, and submitted. She fought Angela Hill and Angela Hill lost a split decision in, in a fight of the night. And like Angela Hill, again, very strong woman. And, you know, and, and you know, she fought Leslie Smith. She got brutalized. But then again, that was up a weight class or two. But anytime she fights somebody who can like match her strength, particularly in the clinch, she kind of is out of ideas and she's kind of in trouble because she winds up in those clinches. Bottom line is she's going to wind up in those clinches because she moves forward so much. I, I think here against Weili Zhang, first of all, she could get tagged coming in because Weili hits so hard. Weili has also proved to have, with the exception of that one very odd Rose Nama Yunus kick, has proven to have a very good chin. Um, and I think she's just going to be stronger in the clinch and pretty much everywhere. So yeah, I, I like Weili Zhang in this one. All right. Connection got lost partway through that, Dan. So hopefully it recorded all of it. You rambling on about Wei Li Zhang. I'm sure I agree with everything you said, though, right? I, I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> Zhang is 
my pick. Um, like you, I, I was thinking, well, I wasn't, yeah, I was thinking about taking Lamos. Like, um, I, I was, I looked into it at the very least. And she does have, like you said, uh, things that are a bit concerning. Um, but I just think, um, Whaley is just, uh, going to be too tough here and too ferocious of a, of a finisher. Um, so, and plus level of competition is, is, uh, is much higher uh, in Zhang's favor as well. So give me the champ. Like don't not crazy, about minus 300. Do you like the line? I, I think it's right about where it should be. Um, okay. you know, like I, I, you, you didn't hear me say, cause I cut out apparently. Um, but I, I really <laughs> just do think if this fight winds up in the clinch, because Amanda Lemos keeps moving forward, she's going to find herself the weaker of the two women. Um, I think she's yeah. less technically sound than Zhang Weili, um, and, and Zhang has shown she's got a good chin. So I, I think it's priced about appropriately. Okay, let's go to the main event. Bantamweight Championship, Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley by five-minute rounds, uh, as per usual. We'll tell you about the challenger first, Sugar Sean O'Malley. The lovable Sean O'Malley, 16 and 1 with one no contest, 11 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself once. 8 and 1 with one no contest in the UFC. He's come 4 0 1 over his last five fights. He did win his last fight. He's not lost a fight since August of 2020. One no contender series was a regional champion. Used to fight down at flyweight, which is crazy because he's 5 foot 11. Uh, 1 and 0 as a pro boxer. Four inches taller than Sterling, one inch reach on him, five years younger. Better striking and active striking stats. And he has outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 3.89 strikes per minute, which is a, a massive number. Massive differential. He's at plus 200. Funkmaster or Aljo, what do you prefer, Dan? Funkmaster. Yes, correct answer. Um, the champion, Sterling, is 23-3. and three, three knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out one time. 15-3 in the UFC. He is a champion. He, this is his third defense where he's made. He's made th- three defenses. Do you know off the top of your head? That sounds right. Three defenses. Uh, Dillashaw, Cejudo, and Jan. Okay, yep. All right, so this is defense number four. He's had three successful ones is what I meant when I put that down. Uh, He's won nine straight fights. He's not lost since December of 2017. He also has multiple championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Used fight at featherweight 2011 pro MMA debut. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.41 strikes per minute, which is a nice... Number as well. He's at minus two fifty. All right. Um, I am going with the champ, the the oft overlooked champ, oft maligned champ. Um, I, I like the line here. I, I think he's going to take care of Sean O'Malley. Just who is Sean O'Malley beat? Just take a look at who he's beaten and tell me um how, why this isn't a massive jump up um in competition for him and and why he he's going to be ahead of us. All right. Um, obviously Sterling probably won't want to get into a striking battle of him but um luckily sterling is likes to grapple and he's a very good grappler so uh, i see him grinding out a win here getting this fight to to the mat um and that's all i gotta say about it. gumby probably has a better breakdown than i do but sterling is big uh, i'm going with sterling as well first of all i do want to clarify something that you said about sean o'malley he has never fought at flyweight uh, I, it does say that on tapology. Really? Yeah, it says it on tapology incorrectly, but I interviewed him one time and he told me, 
Uh, no, he definitely never fought at flyweight. The guy who he was supposed to fight that night or the guy who he was fighting that night was supposed to have a fight against a different guy at flyweight. Both their opponents dropped off and then they met at the middle at like 135 or something like that. And he was supposed to be 45. So like it wound up being a catchweight bout or something like that. But he he said he could never make 125, not since he was in high school. So um just to clarify that real quickly, that would be insane. Um, but in addition to that, the other thing I will say that I really like about Aljamain Sterling in here, and a lot of people are being like, man, I don't think he wants to strike with O'Malley. And like, you're right. His biggest advantage is on the ground. But I think people sleep on how good of a striker Aljamain Sterling is, too. Like, he has gotten very solid in the striking. He outstruck both TJ Dillashaw and Henry Cejudo for the large part, right? Like, he was the better striker in that fight. Than both of those guys, um, you know, he outstruck Henry Cejudo 135 to 99 in the significant strikes. And like, yeah, the takedowns were probably the biggest part and why he won that fight. But even in the rematch with Piotr Jan, same thing. He outstruck him uh, or rather he was just about even with him in strikes. So, like, I think that and the fact that people sleep on how long his reach is. He's going to be shorter, but it's one inch reach disadvantage. That's barely anything in fighting Sean O'Malley. Um, I, I think he's going to take him down, though, to your point. And I think he's going to submit him pretty easily. So uh, all on Aljamain Sterling here. Uh, the Aljo train is is taken off for sure. There you go. Yeah, see, even I was I was uh, overlooking how good uh, Aljo is at striking. So, yeah, Sterling needs to pick. Our man Jong is in on Sean O'Malley for some reason. So I, I'm trying to talk about it, but I don't like to see friends in discard lose money gummy but he's not listening i don't think no he's in on trigger and i think he's already yeah. uh he's already uh got some of that that famed clv <laughs> and so i i don't <laughs> think i don't think you're gonna get him off it <laughs> jong's clv it's true um i think sterling has hurt him in the past too i think he's he's betting with his heart here at gumby i think that's the problem never do that sterling's been very nice to me <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. We're going to pick him. We're going to pick him. All right, let's recap. We're both in on Sterling. We're both in on Zhang. Both in on Machado Gary. He's got Blackshear. I got Batista. I got Vera. He has Munoz. All right, don't click off yet, people. You got locks, dogs, props, parlays, all that fun stuff. Uh, coming up right now. I guess I'm the first to go this week for a lock. I should have should have prepared, but that's not the way I roll here. I do it all on the fly. Maybe I should prepare more because I have been. Well, I guess last week I was, but before that I was I was nailing them. All right, what line do I like best here? Give me Petrosky minus two twenty five. Yeah, I was close to taking Petrosky too. Um, the only thing that stopped me a little bit was I am a tad bit worried about his cardio here and there. Um, but I'm I'm still I'm still on Petrosky, but I'm gonna go with my lock. I, I'm gonna use Aljamain Sterling negative two fifty. All right. Aljo minus 250. Let's see. Now it's my turn to pick a dog. Is it? Uh, I don't have, do I have any dogs. Yeah, I have two. Yeah, I got Halaba and I got Moroz. Um, Halaba plus 150. I'm going to take Moroz. Um, okay. I've got other dogs in there, but yes. she's the one I feel best about. Um, I, I thought about taking Blackshear because I think if I, he was given a full camp, he'd probably be my most interesting dog. But I think with the short camp, uh, I he he was he had a much better betting line when it first dropped. It was up at plus two thirty. Clearly, the money's coming in on him. Um, so like by the time this hits people's ears, he might not even be plus one ninety anymore. So uh, I think 
I, I think Blackshear is a fun one, but I'm going to officially go Morose. Okay. Now, the for a prop. What the heck? Let's go Zhang via TKO or KO. Um, we were just talking about how she's going to be stronger, and I think she can finish Lamos. Uh, plus 150 I can get for that. So let's roll the dice with that. Right. I like that one. Uh, I looked at that one myself. Good. Uh, the one I'm going to go with, though, I've been having a little bit of luck with uh, with betting uh, overs or goes to decisions. So one of the fights I'm going to go with that on is I'm going to take the uh, the Neil Magny and Gary fight. And I'm going to say it goes over a round and a half. Um, I thought about doing two and a half or all the way to decision, but I do think there's a chance Gary gets him out of there at some point in time. Um but I don't know that Gary will get him out of there early. Uh, you know, if you look at all of Neil Magny's losses, um, first of all, with the exception of Gilbert Burns, uh, none of them are particularly quick. Uh, you know, Santiago Ponzinibbio didn't get him out until the fourth round. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, it took almost to the end of the second round. Like, people just don't get Neil Magny out of fights quickly. Um, you know, Damian Maya would have been over a round and a half. And also, if you look at people who have won by knockout against him, it's almost nobody. Uh, it's the aforementioned Santiago Ponzinibbio KO in the fourth round. And then you'd have to go all the way back to when he fought Lorenz Larkin. Uh, so we're talking like seven, eight years ago at this point. So, like, people just don't knock out Neil Magny. I don't think Ian Gary's going to submit him. So I like the over one and a half. I might also get in on uh, him like a two and a half or it goes to decision prop as the time gets closer and maybe the line gets wider. Um, but right now over one and a half is still negative one sixty-five, which I think is pretty darn good. All right. You're coward with your negative props, but nonetheless, we'll, we'll accept it. All right. Aljo and Petros your, your prop last week was he, negative. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it did. Oh, it hit too. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's the trend then. True. All right. Locks are Aljo and Petrosky dogs. Moros and Halaba. The props are Magni and Gary over one and a half. That's totally a um, Yanni type pick too. And then Zhang TKO plus 150. All right, Gumby, it's time. Hugger Man Jung, super fan parlay, two fight parlay for big bucks. Go ahead. For the record, last week I had a, a plus money prop and you did not. Uh, and mine hit mine. <laughs> I hit, hit mine. I hit mine as well. I had, oh, right. I had Cub Swanson versus Akeem Dawido would go to the cards. Uh, and that was plus 100. So there you go. Yep. Um, all right, now let's get to the hungry man, Jong. Uh, I'm going to take uh, both of our locks and I'm going to get special with their uh, with their finishing methods. So I'll take out Al Aljamain Sterling wins by submission. You can find that in some places at plus 175. Uh, I'll pair that right next to Andre Petrosky, your lock of the week, who I'm going to say, get this. I think he wins this one by TKO. Um, so you can get him at KO or TKO at plus 400 right now. Um not that I don't think his sub skills are good or that he could grind him out here, but I could also see him just like getting in a mount and just TKOing Gerald Mearshart. I could see him letting his hands go a little bit because he's trying not for it to go to the ground. Um, so plus 400, plus 175, you pair that together, you get plus 1275. Plus 1275. So Sterling sub, Petrosky TKO, right? That's it. All right. Boom. There. Hopefully y'all got all that jotted down and are making those bets as we as we talk into your ears all right that is it for this episode we're gonna be back sunday with our recaps and counting our money on all the money that we won and we will second episode will be dana white contender series week three gumby bounces back it's the bounce back week um until then we will be hanging out in the fights channel at 
sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord get in there if you're in there lurking just pop in and say hi even if you don't really want to chat just just say hi. just say hey i'm here and i'm lurking and we'll say hi to you and then you can go back to lurking if you like you weird pervert you um what else are we going to do uh, we're going to be on twitter sgpn mma and gumby Vreeland, jeff fox writer there are the handles to follow instagram jeff fox writer what else can I tell you? My Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Subscribe, enter my picking contests, read all my MMA stuff in your inbox. Let's crush corporate MMA coverage there. Uh, Gumby's got the Top Turtle MMA podcast he's going to tell you about right now. Uh, we're, we're talking with Kurt Hollibaugh, who is fighting on this weekend's card, as well as Matteo Vogel, who's on week four of Contender Series. There you go. So make sure you get more Gumby in your ear holes if you haven't already. And all good things sports gambling it can be found at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and of course our patreon get in there help us crush corporate gambling all right gumby is bid everyone farewell on this historic 400 episode all right i'm Dana gumby freeland he's the young punisher jeff fox and we will see you on sunday <laughs>